Hey guys, welcome back again to the Pit Light and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigar, CigarSoapbox.com, and of course, the Huddle Up Stores. More about the Huddle Up Stores. We're coming to you live from the Huddle Up Stores studio. I cannot wait to tell you more about the Huddle Up Stores and our main sponsor here. But with that said, we've got an incredible show for you today. I'm smoking some good cigars, talking with some good buddies today. We got Money Guy Dale here, along with my host, co-host, JB, right across from me. JB, say what's up to the people. You're always working on the board. What's going on? You doing good? <laughs> what's, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? JB is ab- absolutely cold today. He's very, very cold. And uh, Dale is, uh, are you cold a little bit? No. It You're feels cold? No, it's it's nice. Okay. It's yeah. nice and easy? Okay. Yeah. All feels right. good. Feels I, good. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Thank you. Okay. I just want to make sure. But we're, we're going to be talking about a kind of an interesting subject today because we're, we're smoking some good cigars and we're talking about a, a ton of different things. Uh, but this will be an interesting topic because Dale kind of brought it up to me a little bit. And I thought it was great because Dale's the money guy, Dale, and we want to talk about uh, some stuff about money and everything like that. But this plays into it because it's something that's kind of heavy on on things that you've just seen this past week. So I'm going to ask Dale to actually introduce the topic today. And by the way, if you guys want to ever contact us at the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast, we, we probably should show you what we're smoking, by the way. So I'm going to show you real quick on my camera right here. I'm smoking the uh, – this is the Cayman, the Cayman Cigar Company's uh, – what, what cigar is this, J- JB? Uh, I think that's the number two. This is the number two. I'm smoking the number two. Very, very good cigar. And Dale, what are you smoking? Smoking the Cuban Imposter. Oh, the Cuban Imposter. One of the best cigars that is Cuban-esque that you could ever smoke. And JB is trying to do something with his camera right now. He doesn't understand what's doing. It don't, it, don't, it just won't. Don't worry about it. Don't worry it, about it. Mine's called the Monarch. It, the Monarch. Yeah, it okay. won't. It won't. Yeah, it's all right. Whatever. It's all right. It's Cinematic all right. view. Is weird. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so we're filming this on all these phones and iPads and everything else like that. So hopefully you guys can hear us okay and see us okay once the final edit is done. But we're, we talk about something today. I'm actually drinking, you know, a, a Four Peaks, uh, you know, Kilt Lifter. So if you guys know anything about uh, Kilt Lifter here in Arizona, it's a, it's a local beer, local beer. And uh, it's a little bit of my throwback to my Scottish roots, <laughs> you know, a little bit to my Scottish roots. I'm like a quarter, maybe a quarter or maybe an eighth um uh, Scottish Irish, something like that. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll we'll get into it uh, nonetheless. So, uh, when it comes down to it, we, we talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, Dale, the uh, um, the topic for today. I thought it was interesting that you that you mentioned this and that you want to talk about this today because I, I'm I'm pretty excited about it, but I don't know how many people will be excited to talk about it because we're talking about something that's not as real real popular, but it happens to everybody. Go ahead. So is is it what we talked about on the phone? On the phone, or? yeah. yeah, on yeah. The phone, on the phone. So. Um, I don't know, I think maybe the easiest way to explain it is I, I've heard a couple of situations this week where, uh, and this is this is totally on the faith spectrum, right? Right, right. Okay. You're talking about God. Talking about God. Talking about God. And specifically, like, where God decides to show up, if that's how we want to look at it, versus where God doesn't okay. decide to show up. And okay. so it's it's typically situational, like, um, like in the events of the, the I think, the way I posed it to you was in the event that somebody is, they've experienced a natural disaster. Okay. And they made it through okay, you know, with their possessions and their health sure. and all. And so sure. God God totally showed up and, and that's great. But people right down the street leveled. Right. So Lives did, destroyed. Lives destroyed. Yeah. So God showed up here, quarter of a mile down the road, God didn't show up. Maybe he was too busy, arms couldn't reach that far, whatever it was. So God's not fair. Why is the question? Why why is God not fair? Is that the question? I don't think that's the question. I think it's just. Um, I, I think it to me. It's. I, I'm not asking why why God is not fair. 
for me, it's I'm interested in how people see what I called to you distributive justice of God. I thought that was a great statement, actually. Distributive justice of God. And so if you ever had anything like tragedy happen, if you ever, it really is cold back here. I just felt really cold. Um, if you ever had anything like uh, tragedy happen in your life or un, I'll call it unjust tragedy, uh, somebody died before their time, somebody, uh, uh, somebody was killed, you know, murder, violence, act of violence, things like that. Uh, and those things happen all the time. And in my case, case in point, it's, it's happened to people in my family. It's happened to other people before. Um, and so when that happens um, to somebody, you're asking the question, why this person and not that bad person? Why does the good person, you know, who's seemingly a, a productive person in society, you know, uh, have tragedy? And then why does... Uh, the evil people just continue on with their, you know, plunder and everything else that they do, you know? And so, uh, what do you think JB? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, right? Cause there's a couple statements that came to mind. Uh, one of them is like, you know, they always say you only the good die young. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So it kind of gives you that, like that thought process of like, well, if I'm good. I might die young, mm-hmm. but you know, if I do, you know, hang out with the, this cry with the sinners and laugh with the saints, you know, mm-hmm. then, is that's, that how the song goes? I'm trying nice to remember. Billy Joel reference. Yeah. I'm trying to remember yeah. how yeah. it goes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think like it, it's interesting because I, I I look at that and you think, um, you know, good guys finish last, right? Like that's another statement, right? Like there's a lot of statements that try to to not push you to be that way, right? So here's my question. Here's my question. I I think that as human beings, us trying to derive what is good, right, and true mm. um, is somewhat difficult, especially in our, in our, in our, in our society, if you would, because uh, morality is, is definitely changed. And the, um, well, I mean, if you want to stay biblically with it, you know, mm-hmm. going back to Adam and Eve, we have never proven that we can handle it, dude. Well, no, no, that's, that's a fact. We've never but, proven yeah, we can handle it. I, and I think that's a good point because when you're talking about what's good and right and true, we're looking at through we're looking at that through the lens of a very imperfect balance mm-hmm. because we're human. So if we if we subject that to the divine, the the divine will see that significantly differently than we are. Which is the whole, you know, God works in mysterious ways. His ways are not our ways. All that fun stuff. Sure, sure, sure. So what's good, right, and true to me is through a very um, selfish sinful kind of veil view. Yeah. Yeah. It's a veil. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a sense of where, first off, let's just say this. All humans are subjective. We all know that. Yeah. Everyone's subjective, meaning that you look through your lens. I look through my lens. Therefore, if you want to know anything of why anything happens, you have to have an objective view behind it. You just do. That's where God does come in and he has an objective view. The problem is for human beings in particular, that's not our view it's not our view and we don't like the fact that maybe his view doesn't fit in with our views. That's the main problem of society today, quite frankly, is that God's views don't align with our views. So we rebel against what God wants to do what we want to do. Even, I mean, that that's both by active rebellion and passive indifference, meaning like we definitely do actively rebel. We give God the finger and go do what we want when, in, in, in regards to whatever that may be. Okay. Um, and then, there's also passive indifference where it's like, man, I know what I should do that's good, but I don't do it anyways because I'm lazy or mm. I, I don't want to. Yeah, okay. that kind of thing. Whether I mean, whether it's going by somebody that uh, helping somebody you know you can help and you have the means to help them and you don't, 
or it's just simply paying a nice compliment to somebody and you, you don't, you know, either way or something like that. So there's there's good mm. stuff that's innately good to human beings. We all know about it because I believe the, the Bible yeah. actually says that eternity is right in the heart of every man. So like, and you we, could look at that as good karma, bad karma, if you yeah. wanted to, right? Yeah, like, it, you, you could, but I don't agree with just, that. Just yeah. just to paint a picture, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I know you, yeah. yeah karmatic, just to paint the karmatic picture. people irritate me. Um, I, I, <laughs> but, I know, but, but so, so I'm using it as a visualization. Else, so let, let me let me add a layer to that. Unless you're gonna finish a thought, okay, but that's just my thought. Is that I I think part part of the reason that we can't get this are that we're frustrated by the process of when something happens to us that we feel, and you're talking about very, very subjective people feeling like something that happened is unjust. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're, we're very subjective, but what happened is objective. Like for example, my house didn't get hit, but my neighbor's house was a better dude than I did get hit. What happened? You know, or something like that. I'm like, my life is, has been tragic free essentially, but this person like does all the right things, makes all the right moves, and their life is an absolute walking hell. See, I, so. I yeah, but but I've heard it differently. So it, mm-hmm. it's actually the the story goes differently. It's that I was spared because I am prayed up and all that good stuff. And my neighbor, boy, you know, yeah, they're they they don't go to church or they're backsliders or whatever. So they got they got smashed. And I oh okay mm, okay interesting. So right. you're saying so you're saying from from the person's perspective, because they're doing good, God spares them. Yes, and God gets the bad guys. And yes, they're, they're persecuted. The they're, problem they're the, looking at as people were persecuted for not being believers. Yeah, for not being potentially. Uh, potentially. So, so here's potentially. My, as and it's almost like a, it's almost like a C. You know that's that's why you need to you need to be you know watch and pray and all that. And 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 here's the layer I would add. Here's where this gets really interesting. If down the line of free will, mm-hmm. okay, do we really, as believing people, do we believe that God, in the middle of free will, interferes in those situational moments with the natural order of the planets and the events and the way that our lives turn out? Do we, you, my question you, you is, want to see pastors fight right now? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the one question so, another pastor and another pastor will probably kill I, each other. I over. know, I know, I know. Well, as as the only, I know. as the only former pastor at the table, I'll answer that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a PK. So, does that count? No, okay. never. No, you PKs just, just wannabes. Um, <laughs> you can go through the hard hard knocks of everything else. That's fair. Uh, I'm just playing. Uh, but in, in all honesty, <laughs> I, I think that, that still doesn't work out because evil people do progress. And the righteous still, fit. I mean, there's no, there's no checks and balances with God until the end. That's mm. the, that's the point. And then we don't see why he does what he does until the end. And it's, it, let's just take the story of Job, for example, my favorite book in the Bible. I, I love the book of Job. I think it's great. The issue is when tragedy happens to Job, what does he initially say? Do you remember the story? Yeah. Yeah. God, God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? right. That's what he says initially. Initially. Now, he has three friends that come to him during that time. And the dude lost everything. If you guys don't know this, go go read the book of Job. It's an incredible story. Possessions, um, he, family, Yeah, he kids. was the wealthiest man, wealthiest, most, most, most righteous yeah. man in all the land. Right? Lost everything. All his kids died. All his flocks were taken over by, by marauding tribes. And uh, he was, was hit with physical ailments. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that, that, that yes. wasn't until later. That wasn't until later. True. The it boils, was, it was right. just he lost everything first. And then God and Satan have this, you know, this this conversation. They, they and, had a, a wager, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was it was really interesting <laughs> because uh, first off, God brings up Job. Satan didn't bring up Job. God brought him up. 
So that's that's a, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, do you want God to bring up your name in front of Satan? Because if that doesn't really go well, we see biblically. Because if he does, he's putting you on the on the hot roaster right there. You well, know? yeah, and, and I mean, and, and Satan was very clear that he, you know, he had been traveling to and fro and could not find a soul he couldn't corrupt. And God said, "Have you tried my servant Job?" No, he didn't. So, so go back to that because I'll take you to, to task on the text. That's not what he said. Okay, go ahead. He said, "Well, he I said, haven't been to Sunday school in that's a long okay. time." That's okay. I know, I know. I'm a stickler for <laughs> biblical theology. So do it. What what he what he did say is, "I'm going to go in to and fro in the earth and back and forth in it." That's exactly what he said. Didn't say anything else. Not trying trying to corrupt anybody or anything. That was put in later on by other people. But he just said, I was, I, "Basically, when God is asking Satan where you been, he's he's I think he's insulting him because he used to be right next to God, right? Okay, and he's like, look at like what I've done with the place. What do you think, loose?" We think Lucy, Lucifer, we think, you know, and so he's asking him, he's insulting him. Then he brings up Job and then Satan knows exactly who he's talking about because he dialogues immediately with God about it. And he says, is he not, have you not blessed the guy? Have you not given him everything that he has? And what happens as a result of that? And God says, okay, fine. Take everything away from him. I mean, to sum it up, take everything away from him, but you can't touch the man. Okay. You take everything away from him, but can't touch him. All right. So he, that goes, that goes the way it does, and Job still remains faithful to God. And then the next time Satan comes again, God says, what about Job? And Satan goes, skin for skin. The man will give up everything, including his faith, for his skin. He will. He can't suffer. And God says, okay, do what you want. Don't kill him at that point, right? I'm summarizing this, but you can go ahead and read this yeah. in, in Job chapter 1, 2, and 3. And uh, essentially what ends up happening Satan gives him these great boils. Imagine the biggest pimple cyst you've ever had in your life all over your body from head to toe, even on his feet. And at one point it says that he's cutting himself with pottery and rolling around in ash or putting ash on there. It's actually an ointment to soothe the pain that he had. And uh, he had three friends to come and visit him. And you can see the, in the story. And initially the friends did the right thing when that happened. They came and they just wept with him. Sometimes like, I don't know if you guys ever had tragedy before, but like, when you have tragedy to a certain degree and you just can't stop weeping because it's so bitter, the only thing you can do, I don't know if you've been in tra- around tragedy like that. I have several times. The only thing you can do with people is one of the best things you can do with people, and that's just weep with them. Mm-hmm. You don't try to explain it. You don't try to, like, you know, God's in control in a way or anything else like that. The feeling that they're in, you just deal with it with them, and you feel the same thing. Sometimes it's one of the best things that friends can do for each other. And so that's what ends up happening. And then after that, they turn from friends into theological neatniks and questionnaires. And that's one of the worst things about religious people, okay, of which I'm not one, all right? So I believe in the gospel. I believe in Jesus Christ. And I go to church. I'm actively involved in my church. But I'm not a religious person. Religious people want to take the fun out of everything. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and here's, the, here's the other thing. What ends up happening, essentially, is they start asking Job, what did you do to piss off God? What did you do? And they just go into a lit and the rest. I mean, up, up to like chapter 36 or 37. I mean, it's, that's, that's the majority of the book is Job defending himself against the friends. Now, here's the hard, here's the hard part. Ready? This goes back exactly to your, to your point. Job literally believes at some point in this that he deserves an answer from God. He deserves some kind of answer for what's going on. And, and quite frankly, none of us can blame him. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just as a human being, as just a human being, we all look at that and we all understand, like, none of us can blame him for this. It's harsh. It's rough. It's terrible. Why, God, are you allowing this? That's our natural tendency right. in, in any, kind of, any kind of 
tr- for some people, trivial setback, but truly in, in times of deep and, I mean, absolutely soul-level deep agony, mm-hmm. crying out to your creator, and with the question of why, because that that's that's the human essence. We can't we can't understand it. We can't see beyond the 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 moments of where we are. So the question is why. I, I need to know why because I need to rectify this in my soul, and it can't be healed in that moment. Yeah. Yes. And so, rarely does this happen, though, because like in the Book of Job, I think the Book of Job probably is for the very first book of the Bible ever written. By the way. Because the Bible's not in chronological order, just so you guys know. Right. Um, so I think it's probably, and most theologians believe that that was probably the first book written for several different reasons I can't go into right now. It would be literally a Bible course to, that I had in college to show you why it's probably the first book written. But he's it's one, old. He's, yeah, he's one of the story. Yeah, he's one of the really, really old. Um, so God actually shows up. And the way that he shows up is just absolutely fantastic. I mean, God, when God shows up, he should up, he should show up fantastic, by the way, and he does. He shows up in a talking tornado in the story, a talking tornado. What would you do, Justin, if a talking tornado came up to you? Uh, I would do my reality check and make sure I'm not still sleeping. Right? Right? And then it started talking to you and it told you it was God. Yeah, I would, again, I would do a reality check and make sure yeah, I wasn't it, still sleeping. Right, right. But now you've convinced that this talking tornado is God. And then I'd find out what mushrooms were on my pizza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you got to that point, and then God starts to address Job, and he basically tells Job, okay, now you have asked me all these questions. He says, put on a cup. I got some questions for you. And which is just, you would think that God of the universe would come in this slight, calm, easy he, the guy's just been through hell. Bring a little bit of heaven, Lord. And what does God do? Just pushes it down even harder. Even harder. Now, I don't know if you've been through tragedy, but when you're pretty hard-pressed down, I'll tell you something you can take, and this is just true, and you can ask anyone that's been through tragedy, you can take more. That when you're pressed down really, really hard, you can take you're, when you're down at your lowest – you can actually take more and you can learn so much while you're there that, I mean, there's story after story of people who have been catapulted to levels of greatness like they've never had before. And I'm just thinking maybe, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm sure God knew that, that he could take what he was going to ask him. And then he starts asking Job questions that like a father would ask a son when the son doubts him. I mean, things I would ask my son if he was three years old and doubting me, I would say, can you drive a car? Can you work and provide a house? Can you do this? Can you build a chair? Can you do all these things? But he starts asking Job questions that he probably thinks Job can't answer. Where were you when I told the sea, stop right there? Where were you when I tamed the Leviathan, which is actually a dinosaur, by mm-hmm. the way? Agreed. Okay. So, I mean, where were you when I did all these things? You weren't there. Where were you when I, la- when I laced the sky with stars? Where were you when I did all this? Okay. And then Job has one or two ways to go at this point, Right. I know I sound preachy, but hang on, because because the because the punchline's coming. He asked Job in one or two ways at this point. He can actively rebel. Well, actually, three three roads: actively rebel, passively be indifferent about what God said, or accept humbly what God said. So, active rebellion is giving God the finger, and he probably been stuck down right there, right? That's assumed. I don't know. Okay, passive indifference is like, okay, you're God, I'm man. I I know I don't get it. I'm just going to go on, or humbly accept what God's put him in the situations God's put him in his reaction to all that 
is incredibly awesome because he says, I spoke of things that I was not privy to. So when you think you, you, you were owed an answer by the Almighty, the fact is none of us are. And God is too big to explain how everything works to a finite mind like us. See, the, the great thing about the Bible is it's enough that you can just grab, okay, that the mind can just grab. There are other mysteries because our minds only, can only go so far. There's other mysteries about God we just don't know, okay? But the fact that he said that to Job shows a little bit of like, hey, the Jones down the street didn't get hit. Well, they, and I got hit, so I must be the bad guy. That's not how things work, you know, in real life. And, and one of the worst things that Christians or any other religious person or anybody can do is propo- propose that if something bad happens to you, you're the one that caused it. That's what karma is. That's why I don't have a pro- That's why I have a problem with it. That's what astrology is. That's why I have a problem with it. That's what virtually every religion teaches. Mm-hmm. It just it just does outside of authentic gospel centered Christianity. It just does. It, it, you better be good for goodness sake. Whoa. I mean that's that's kind of how it goes, you know. And so when when you do that, you get people to to obey every little thing you do, not mess up or anything else like that. Versus what a gospel centered like faith actually talks about where it says, okay, here's how it's like. So if people say, they say, they say things like this, like if you obey, then I'll love you. That's what religion essentially says. If you obey God, then God's going to love you and give you all the you know, bucket of suckers. And yeah, that's the performance based. Yeah. The performance based stuff. Yeah. But it's not like that. Right. It just isn't, you know, it, it, and the gospel is very different. So the gospel says very easily that I love you. Now you have the freedom to obey. But if you rebel, it doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means you're not going to be set on the trajectory of life that I could that you could actually have in me that I've created you for. So I think that's one of the biggest problems that I see with the whole statement that you that you made when, when people come in. So why did the Joneses get hurt and you not? We don't know. We never will. Maybe we never will. But if we focus on this idea of checks and balances to where like we're going, well, this is because it never says in it never says in scripture, and and I don't know why we got this in our head. Probably because, you know, like John Calvin said, we're we're, we're, we're idol factories, we're religious people that want to set up a create. You know, we want to control people and everything else like that. I'm, I'm telling you this, man. You you want to justify your own actions at the end of the day by somebody saying "attaboy," and the cross of Jesus Christ was the biggest at a boy, not to the human race, but to Jesus alone. And if you have your faith in what he did for us, then you're not going to be so worried about all the different things that, uh, what about this and what about that? I mean, if your eyes are focused on Jesus, you're not going to. Although it's true, there are times, and we don't know why, and here's the hard part, uh, God interjects and does something tragic. Or allows some, I mean, go to the Holocaust. What about the Holocaust? What about the seven-year-old little girl that got hit by a car to a good Christian missionary family over in Zimbabwe? What about, I can give you, I can give you time for time of, of seemingly unjust things that happen to good people that, that even love Jesus or were even just productive people in society and tragedy struck them. Where was God when that happened? Where he always was. He never left. He didn't go anywhere else. But because our finite minds can't grasp that, it's here's the reality: we're all on a we're on a inflated market. Everything's more expensive, and money is more money is less is more scarce than it ever has been. Tell me, I'm wrong, Money Guy Dale? No, you're right. Right? Yeah. Everyone's freaking out about the future, right? Yeah. 
There's yeah. a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty. So Dale does uh, money make money moves life. Am money I moves right? wealth. Life moves wealth. Well, I don't Come even on, know man. what the <laughs> lifemoveswealth.com. Did I get it's, it right? Dude, it's right there. Lifemoveswealth.com. Lifemoveswealth.com. But when it comes to money, I, I think when it comes to three things in our life, money, power, and sex, we want full control over. We don't want anyone else controlling any of those three things. Money, power, and sex. That's it. Those three things we want complete control over, and we want to be the best at all those things or, or absolute control of all those things. What I found when you let those things go, you know, and you, and you kind of walk the way that Jesus would want you to walk in those, in those regards, even when money is tighter, you're grateful for what you have. Even when sex isn't as great as you thought it would be, you're still grateful for what you have. And even though you don't have the power that maybe you once had or the influence that you once had, you're still grateful for what you had. I think it takes the, the stuff that we're talking about that's so vitally important for our, our planet to go around and makes us grateful for what we have, not inconsistent in our gratefulness. So when it comes to what you're talking about, you know, of why, do, why does this happen and why does that happen, what's the worst tragedy that you've had in your life so far? I mean, it would be somebody. It would be somebody very close to me who died. A good friend. Okay, so yes. a good friend had died. Yeah, or, or, or family or member, family or yeah. Okay, sure. Okay. Um, do they deserve that? So that's the hard. Isn't that hard? Like, it, it, no. Here's here. Okay, so when we talk about death in particular, uh -huh. it's it's hard to it's hard to say was was that death just unjust whatever because death is the one thing that we all will share. And right. we all have to walk alone, and we didn't, we literally know nothing about the process of death in its entirety. We we don't know, right? That's like the the great mystery. But but I, go ahead with your thought, because I've I've got who's who's somebody that died to, died close to you, Justin, the closest person you've had die. Uh, I lost two friends in some tragic motorcycle accidents. Okay, do you remember the do you remember the feeling initially? Well, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, but you know, I yeah. think. I think what you're talking about and I think what the book of Job is a perfect example of is it's an example of the human condition, right? And the human condition is the fact that we want and think that we can be God, but we never will be. Yeah. Right? You brought, like that's, you brought it back to that's it, yeah. That's legitimately what the book of Job is, te is teaching you, right? Like mm -hmm. you want to control power. You want to control money. You want to mm -hmm. control sex. You mm -hmm. want to control your life. You want to control all these things that exist in the world mm. when in reality you can't you can't control any of it, right? You can control some of it, right? Like, let's be honest, you can control a little bit of it, right? But what you're responsible for, yeah. you can control. Yeah. I think that's an important thing is that the, but, there's things that God's given you responsibility for that you should control. And yeah. you, you yeah. have to control what you can control because right. there's there's too many outside things that impact what you can't. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and it, it can go it can go all kinds of different ways, and especially if you're not in control of what you actually can control. Right. That makes it worse. Right. But I, I think... I think kind of the, you know, what you describe, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think it, for some people though, I think that just puts it into a nice little, um, you know, like a nice little package with a big red bow on it. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not that simple for some people. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so yeah. like you get into, you get into situations where it's not, not about like, maybe I, maybe I'm the bad guy or maybe they're the bad guy, but it's little things like, you know, when you bring up big, big things where apparently God didn't show up in time, if you look at it that way, like the Holocaust. Sure. Why did that go on for so many years before sure. these people were liberated after 6 million people were exterminated? Right. Or more, right? We, oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so then you look at it and you go, 11 okay. 11 million, I think, is one last time that I thought I heard of it. 
Uh, yeah, I think if you if you yeah, if go take everything across, together, yeah, yeah the entire yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. So, I think the way I would say it is like, okay, if, so if God was too busy or let something happen with the Holocaust for some other purpose, is it audacious for it maybe? dangerously audacious for Christians to think that God meddles in things like whether or not you get a job or you don't. Hmm. Well, I, w- I wonder in particular if I, I don't, that, this is the hard part. So like, what's God interested in your life? Like, what is he interested in, in your life? That's a question. Well, like, see, does that also depend on how much interest you give him in your life? So that, here's the other question. Well, I, I, think, I, would say, I think that's the answer to the question, right? So what, he's, what, God, what I believe God is interested in is the relationship with his creation. Mm-hmm. Intrinsically, the pinnacle of creation, right. mankind. Right. Yeah, so I, I think that, that with, when that stuff happens, the problem, it becomes problematic when you are, you're, you're picking and choosing, like, Okay, well, God should be interested in me because now I'm interested in Him. You know, or what? What are the, here's the other thing. What, what are your reasons? What are your motivations for being interested in God? To try to control Him? To try to understand Him? Try to debate Him? To try? I mean, I'm I'm just giving you. I'm giving to, you to re- gain something in life. Exactly. Right. To, yeah. to, to gain some kind of well, like it's, knowledge. It's, you know, it's if the, you what what do we call it? The consumeristic ideology, right? What can you do yeah. for me today? That's why conversion is so rare. I'm just. I'm telling you, people can t- tell you they love Jesus and know Jesus, and it's his homeboy and everything else like that. They can say that all day long. But somebody who's authentically converted, yeah. okay, and given their life over, and you've heard the term "born again." That's a that's a biblical term, okay. You've heard the term "born again." That really does occur, you know. So let, let's let, let's do this real quick. Let's do this. We want to know what you guys think. Okay, in the comment section below. So we're going to pause for a station identification type thing. So we want you to check check out this uh, this video that we have here for you, and we're going to come back here in just a second. So, so in in the midst of all this that we're we're talking about, we're talking about some pretty deep things here. Like, what is the is there a responsibility for someone to ask these questions of their life eventually? And when do you think people ask these questions? I think they ask them. I think you ask it when you're faced with something that that is uh, adversarial in your life. Yeah, and I I think I think the healthy time to ask him is when you're not going through something because I I I was raised a bit, um, and I don't think my parents will listen to this, but if you do, it's all good. There we go. But I was raised I as I as I interpret how I was raised very much like. Don't question God. Don't question the word of God. You know, it's inerrant. God is God is omnipotent, all this fun stuff. And I've always been like, yes, but I feel like working out my faith and fear and trembling is wrestling with the text and wrestling with almost maybe wrestling with God, kind of like the whole, you know, Jacob thing, maybe not that severe. Sure. But along those lines, because... I think that the more that you press and the more that you are not satisfied with what you've been handed as your basis of faith, I think it actually makes you more faithful as a person the more that you dive in. Now, that doesn't work for everybody, but that w- that's what works for me. I need to dive. I need to wrestle. I need to intellectually battle with what I've been given and what I read and what I believe. So I'm thinking about these things all the time. 
and it's more helpful in my moment of need than it is if I didn't. I, I'm kind of like make, that too. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes it makes perfect yeah. sense because I'm like that, and it, I think it, sometimes it drives people nuts, right? Like Brad will come back here and he'll be like, "Dude, I want to talk about this topic," and I'll be like, "Yeah, but what about this?" And he'll be like, "What do you mean, what about this?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but what about this?" He's like, "Dude, you're bringing it down, dude. I want to talk about this topic," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> but did you think about this?" Yeah, he's like, "Dude, what?" That, yeah, there's there's another angle to consider. Yeah, for I'm, me, I'm always running it through. My brain goes a million miles a minute, and a lot of times I'm gonna think through the worst case scenario of everything first, and then come back to ground, which is not really a good thing. But I operate that way. No, it's like game planning. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're game planning scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while they're game planning, I'm just having faith. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. There's, but, but see, but 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 when you say that, that assumes that we don't have faith because we wrestle with it. Of course, you don't have faith. There's there's a sense of that where is like the biggest they're, bullshit. They're, I'm going to call bullshit. On that. They don't have faith. They don't trust. So here's uh, the thing, right? If you start having totally distrust, on that. so like for example, for me, I, I can I can dump a big BS poop right here on the table for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so somebody like me who grew up around family of pastors, many different religions, many different insights, many different looks, I stepped away from that for a really long time, right? But what got me into, what got me looking back into it was tying things back into history, right? Right? Like the flood and then going, okay, I want to do some Native American research. I want to do some research on tribes that existed in the Chinese mountains that nobody even knew existed back then, right? And Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to date it with the Aborigines, right? So then I start doing that stuff. Then I start seeing carbon dated stuff that matches identical to the biblical flood, right? And then you start doing more research, right? And then you find, oh, there actually might be, the ark might actually be resting at the base of Mount Arat. Like, you you can see it. It's there. And then you start seeing more biblical evidence, right? You see how the walls of Jericho actually fell. You see the, um, you see the pieces of, uh, what is it? The, um, phosphorus and stuff that they're finding at Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So when you start doing those research, and the reason you're researching those things is because you're challenging your interest in that thought process again, right? And what it did for me is similar to you is it only makes you stronger because now you're doing the digging and the research into things that you normally wouldn't look into that back that data up outside of just the Bible. So what that does for you is it goes, when you go back and you read it, you go, how can you I, deny it? I would I would one hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that's what I did in college. So it it annoys that's me. That's fair. A little, it, that's it, fair. It annoys me a little bit when I hear that, and I'm like, dude, do you not think? I mean, first off, the Bible's the number one book. It's always been the bestseller and everything else like that. Always will be. And people have been trying to disprove it forever. Well, they yeah, just, they, they have, I mean, sure. for the last two thousand years, they've been trying to disprove the Bible and everything else like that. Do you think that somebody new is going to come up with something that's going to show something? And the only reason that people are doing that. Is it to go ahead and justify, try to prove God wrong? So then go ahead and justify whatever they want to do with their life. For sure. Just be, just be freaking honest about it and say, like, look, man, I want to go bang this chick. I want to go leave my wife. I want to go leave my husband. I want to go screw that guy for money. I want to go do. Just be honest about it because most people aren't. Most people are like, well, if I just had this idea, I, I just want to really. That's what they want to do is they want to be their own God. They want to go do whatever they want and they're not honest about it. At least I have respect for the person who's got some honesty about them. And they're like, listen, here's the, here's the fact. If you could show me without a shadow of a doubt that these certain things line up historically and factually, I would then consider the claims of Christ. That's logical. Yeah. But when people, when you say it to somebody like, if I explain this to you and you can understand this, would you then consider Christ? No. 
No, because, dude, I want to party. I'm like, what kind of idiot are yeah, you, but, dude? Uh, see, for what me, for are me you? it's different because I was a believer beforehand. I just I know, I but f- that, fell estranged and right. then became stronger in it because of those things. Well, but that, I get what you're saying. That's what I was going to say. So I, I think, Bradley, what you're doing is you're, I think you're moving it to an extreme. I think what, what I'm describing and what it sounds like you're describing is the more that I press into what's I'm happening. I'm the extreme guy. Okay. No, 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 no. I I th- just in this case. Just in okay. this case. I, th- I think that you took it to this extreme, but there's, there's something between that. Mm-hmm. Because here, here's the way I see your choices. You either, you approach faith because somebody told you that that's what this says and that's what you read. So you're like, okay, that, that's it. That's good enough for me. I can read it. It's literally right there in print. That's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. Or you can say, I see it. I hear it. I understand it. I believe it. But there's some validation because the more that I validate, the richer that comes for me. The no, richer I, that I, text I get gets. That. No, no, don't get me wrong. Versus man. like blind faith following. Yeah, right, because, right. Because get, there, there, yes. there are things in the translation. We we do not, nobody spoke English when the Bible, any of right. those entire so, texts. Right. That, so you said something a minute ago that I was going to say because you were mm-hmm. like, so my, I have a buddy that's Jewish mm-hmm. and he was like, have you ever actually looked at how the first words in the Bible are written? Cause it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a little different in, in Hebrew. Yes. But if you move one punctuation, one direction, it reads in Hebrew in the beginning, we created God. Yeah. And, right. And that's what I'm saying. Okay, so, but it wasn't put that way. I know, we don't have I, any kind I of, know okay. but these yes. are the things that people do. Right. I know. So, that's my thing. That's my thing is that like, Dude, if you really want to just go do your own thing, go ahead and take your chances, bro. No, I, don't I think, think, I think I, that's I, my... I'm not saying you guys want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think it's about I'm not, that. No. And here's the thing, though. I, I, but here's my thing, dude. I do think it's about that. I do think there's plenty of people that, that are, are struggling because they were like raised in Christian households or whatever else. Yeah. And they're like, you know, man, if I could just find that one like problem that like exposes God for the tyr- you know, tyrannist he is or whatever else like that, or find the real problem with the Bible... Then I can go ahead and do what I want with my life, dude. I, I don't free. Think, go do what you want. I mean, I th- think more people are the opposite, though. I don't think more people are interested in looking into it because they want to get out of it. I think more people are looking no, into it because they're. Interested I agree with in you. It. I agree with you. I, I'm not saying that there that more people are looking into it because they want to get out of it. Yeah, I think that more people are that that were raised religious or something like that were raised with all these rules and regulations that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I wasn't. I well, wasn't. Yeah. So when I found Jesus, I was like. Oh my gosh, this is all brand new to me and so uh, great, gotcha. you know. So, like, as a result, I'm like, this is very freeing for me. I never and and in college was the only time that I questioned. So I became a Christian at 15 years well, old. They, they make you in your theology. Oh like my you gosh, have to. yeah, you have to press it. Oh yeah. my my, all my professors were like, I can't believe but, you. you but who's going to be a stronger believer? Somebody that challenges it and then comes through with the belief, or oh, somebody sure. that doesn't challenge it Man, ever? I'm not, dude. I'm not against challenging. I'm not against. I'm not. There's there's two types of doubt. I would say there's three types of doubt. There's the there's the there's the skeptic who sits in the skeptic's chair for skeptic's sake, which you're an idiot, by the way, if you do that, because it's it the Pharisees. You, yeah, well, you don't. No, 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 no. Essentially, so yeah. the skeptic is the person who basically sits in the skeptic seat because it's the easiest seat to sit in the room. You don't have to give any answer for anything. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's maybe. right. Maybe, maybe. I hate that. There's Just some pick, data pick that a, supports that. Yeah, pick but, a freaking side, dude. Do yeah. You, do you remember the? Do you remember the the Brennan Manning quote of? Yes, uh, right. Brandon Manning very well. So yeah. the, the single greatest cause of atheism is Christians. Christians, people who profess Christ with their lips and deny Him by their lifestyle. <sighs> DC talk. Well, that, that's like old school, baby. That's an opening <laughs> in DC talk, but that's that's a Brandon Manning. That quote, is a Brandon right? Manning quote. Yeah. Hmm. So that that's the what if I stumble mm-hmm. song. So what if I stumble? And and, and I think what if I, Sorry. I I think for I think for a lot of people who would say like w- with the question that I have, which is just basically like why 
it's interesting. It's interesting to me. It's not, it's not coming from a position of doubt, but it's coming from understanding that other people will wrestle with this. Go, why does God happen here, but not here? Right. Right. So, and I think a lot of that happens because there's an awful lot of Christians who are not good shepherds because they're too busy trying to be really good drill sergeants. And they're using scripture as Mm. their weapon for that. Mm. And I think that turns a lot of people into, into the, the questions where they can't, they, they, they can't, they can't reconcile them because it doesn't make, God doesn't make sense because it's inconsistent. They would see that as inconsistent. I see what you're saying. Hmm. Let me, let me phrase what you're saying better than you could because I'm me and you're you. So what you're actually saying, this guy, (laughs) this is one of my best friends. That's all I got. So I get teased him for. So, uh, but, but, but the, I think what you're asking is the, when you say drill sergeants, you're talking about people, you know, um, extra accountability buddies. Maybe extra, Bible beaters would yeah, be what they might yeah, call the, it. The, the theological neat nicks, things or, like or that. Or just, listen, you be- believe it as it's been given to you or, you know, or, or you're going to go to hell or, or, or it's always the, or it's the, you know, it's, it, to me, it's no different than being like, if you don't come down here for dinner, then I'm going to blow up, you know, whatever. Right. It's like, Hey, don't insult my intelligence. Number one. And number two, like you're not my father. And, but I think that there's a lot of Christians who go, well, this is what God wants. And in a lot of times, and in, in my hmm. own personal experience, mm-hmm. that whole drill sergeant thing. Telling versus showing. Telling versus showing. But also, if you actually read scripture hmm. and you read from the life of Christ, those are the very people that he rejected for yeah. that very reason. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty interesting because... I think when you say the word drill sergeant, some people can get what you're saying. Then some people are like, they've not had that experience yet. You know, where, where people, where religious people come in and try to put extra rules in their I life. I think a lot of people have had that experience. What I mean by that is, can, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's polar opposites now. Like I, from my, a lot of my experience with people and they, they ask about Jesus and faith, they haven't had a lot of people come around and start throwing extra rules on them. Like, oh, by the way, now that you're Christian, you can't go to rated R movies, can't listen to secular music, you can't do it. Right. Those kind of things that are just, that we thought were big in the eighties are now silly. Uh, but they are people that says, you know, God, God really does care about your sex life. God really does care about your money. And God really does ter- care about how you control your life. Well, because you know, those, those are, are important. Those are the, the, the big ones that you named. Those are the big ones where the greatest amount of temptation in our lives show up. It's where, oh, yeah. it's where the most power exists over us if we don't control it. Correct. And right. so those are the things that move us further away from God. I mean, there's, there, there, there's, I believe there's absolute reasons why um, jealousy and envy and vain, right? The, like the seven deadlies mm-hmm. are the seven deadlies because they are the ones that turn your heart to stone Mm. away yeah. from your creator because mm-hmm. they're, they're things that are the hardest to control and they happen to be the best wielded weapons mm. that, that Satan has against us, especially, I believe, the, the greatest of which is sex. When, yeah. when you said 100%. drill sergeant, yeah. I want to point the picture that came into my mind. I pointed somebody saying, go do this, go do this, go do this, but they're not running that obstacle course standing next to you. Right. I'm not saying a drill sergeant's not going to run next to you on a hike because they're going right. to, right? All right, I got to take issue. But but is a drill sergeant going to crawl under that 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 barbed wire while the guns are going off, or is he going to be standing there telling you get your ass down there and start crawling? I, I don't know. I, I kind of in my head I think of it more as like like the uh, the morning inspection. Okay. Okay. 
You know what I mean? So, okay. So it's, I, I, it's I did that to get a better visual. Yeah, That's not, why I'm not asking. Not necessarily like the, the person who's going to point and not be in the fight with you. I'm talking about the, the person who's like, you're not. Your bed's not made today. You're not. You're not. Shame. Up, you're not up to snuff. You know, if you. You know, if you're not dressed appropriately, sit in the back pew, you know, like all these weird things that versus like, hey, morning checks coming. How can I help you make sure your bed? Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I see that. And there is the bell. There is the bell. Uh, Well, guys, we want to hear what your thoughts are on this. So do us a a favor below. Comment below the video and email us. At Cut Light Smoke Podcast, all one word, at Cut Light Smoke Podcast at gmail.com. With that said, guys, we're going to close out the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Cut Light Smoke Podcast. And we are out of here like last year. Peace. See ya.